Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What, what, what's wrong with you? for the local church and by the local church and we are your local churchmen my name is josh and i'm here as always with captain jack barry jack yes sir what is popping dude it is good to see you it is it is the verge of advent season oh right we now. are oh we're we so are on close. the cusp on the cusp. on the cusp it stands upon the edge of a knife uh we are so close i i after what was it two days so saturday mm-hmm. we were the first ones to the christmas tree farm oh. cut down cut down to seven and a half foot douglas fir look at you put that joker up inside my house smells like an evergreen that's like twice forest. your house. <laughs> it is it's, well <laughs> okay don't go that far it's two feet taller than me give me a break here that is not half my height oh, that's man. half joe that's half joe thorn's height Ooh, so i mean joey, hey joey hey. joey he doesn't want to rebut shots around <laughs> uh, uh, shots over the bow Pretty much every shot's over Joe's bow because he's so short. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help it. Left they and a right. Here. There it they is. They ain't here. <laughs> they don't want to listen. Left and a right. Oh, okay. Comedy. All right. Uh, Jack, how was your Thanksgiving, my friend? It was very... Uh, I kind of had this weird cold, mm. like 24, 48-hour cold. Okay. And then I just drowned it out with Alka Seltzer, cold and flu, and Afrin. So I'm just, so <laughs> like, just you just d- motrined yourself. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. I just drugged it, you know. Right. So just chloroform my cold here. <laughs> um, so do you even remember Thanksgiving? Maybe we should start uh, yes, with that. Yes, I do. Yes, okay, I do. Uh, so we went over to a of uh, one of our uh, families in our community group went over to their house. They had uh, in laws over. And we were watching football and hanging out and stuff like that. And so it was very kind of low-key-ish. We actually had, I think I, I don't know, I think I told people on the Podluck, but we had Swedish meatballs. Mm, That's right. Mashed potatoes. And then Nastia brought a a smorgasbord of 
Slavic uh, salads from one of the Russian stores here in Tacoma. Okay. So okay, um, but it was very good. Good. We had good. You know, basically all of all of the other accoutrements. That's right. Pumpkin pie, apple pie. That's right. Cider. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Out of way. Out of way. Yeah. Mine was pretty uneventful. Uh, well, for the most part. For the most part, uneventful. There's always drama. You know, like you get. <laughs> Josh get, told me this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to blow it up. We're not going to blow, blow it up. up. But, but, we'll but, talk but, about but, that on the podlock. You know, oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All the family gossip on the podlock. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always family drama. But uh, the best part after we came home is because uh, my birthday and Thanksgiving are real close to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, my wife surprised me with a birthday get together. She, like, unbeknownst to me, um, I guess months in advance, apparently, call like sent text to all to all the, I was, my closest. I was peeps. in on. The, I was Were in, you on, in this. on this. I was in on this, and but you I didn't couldn't show. I, couldn't, I didn't show. You didn't because, show up because uh, my my son was was having the the bouts. Theo, of not dude, sleeping. I got Theo to blame. Theo's Theo, you got Theo blocked, dude. I got Theo. <laughs> Another I got Theo blocked. I got Theo blocked. I got T blocked. Dude, your son uh, T blocked me, man. That's not yep. cool. Not cool. Four anyway, month olds do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do. But anyway, she got a whole bunch of friends from church together. Um, and we then they showed up at the lounge and we just yeah. sat and talked and smoked and it was my heart was full. Uh, but I did miss you. I, I really wish the you gifts, the because, gifts are coming. The gifts are oh, coming. Oh, I sir. oh, I mean, hey, <laughs> Theo better not block those. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Theo's not blocking. Okay, but I do have to say, Jack, just so you know, uh, because you know, I pulpit filled at this church that I'm now serving at for a while, right? Yeah. So these, a lot of the congregants there, kind of got hooked on the reformatory a little bit. <laughs> so they heard of the possibility of you showing up. <laughs> And a lot of them were super oh excited because they wanted oh to meet gosh. they wanted to meet Captain Get Jack. Out. So and it didn't happen. So I, I promised them that we'll have a to Friday. do a little we'll have to do a little like maybe reformatory get together, um, maybe uh, at the lounge. And anyone who is yeah. in the Pacific Northwest area, maybe hit us up and see if that'd be something you want to do. Oh, get us yeah. all together. Everyone get together at the lounge, hang out, smoke. It'd, it'd be it'd be a lot of fun. Anyway, Jack, we got stuff to talk about. So why oh, yeah. don't? Uh, bef- but before we do, before mm-hmm. we do, uh, why don't I throw it over to you? We've got this is our last. This is the last one. This is the last one the in last, November, isn't it? The last cigar in November before we go into December, and we can reveal that you know on Instagram on the sociables, if That's you will. That's right. That's right. Then, but um, what do you got for right. us, man? The reformatory cigar of the week. So this is a. The last one I saved the title of this cigar for the last, mm. uh, mainly because the cigar is based on a lot of myth. It is called the New World Dorado. Oh and yes, is, and it is especially in El, the Toro Vitola sizing. Yes, El yeah. Dorado. Yeah, the, where uh, Elton John did all the music for that. Yeah, That's probably one of my favorite. Well, I thought he did Lion King shows. He did do that as well. Oh, he too. did both. Elton okay. John was a hot commodity in the '90s for animated movies. So. He really was. Him and Phil Collins, man. I don't know <laughs> yes. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Wrote some, wrote so, some, some absolute yeah. bangers of cartoon, oh, yeah. cartoon oh, yeah. soundtrack. Absolutely. Yeah. So this cigar, 
brought to you. There is actually uh, five different sizings of this cigar. Okay. You can find it in the Robusto Gordito, mm-hmm. the Figurato, the Toro that we're reviewing is has been reviewed already, so that's why I chose it. And the price point is actually really good for a Toro. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Corona as well, too. So a little bit of the breakdown. Basically, this is not anything new of what you know of what we put out on the reformatory as far as cigars go. Pretty much a Nicaraguan Puro. Um, Wrappers, Nicaraguan, binder, and filler, all Nicaraguan, right? So it is basically a Puro of that sense. Um, I will say there's going to be like... Okay, so as far as flavor profiles go... This is kind of mixing with the sweet versus kind of the more like, how do I call it? Like the more of your kind of grassy, Mm -hmm. different tastings as well too. So um, there's going to be some sweet cocoa flavoring, um, some leather, some red pepper, some kind of more barnyardish. And then there's also kind of like a, a mixture of different like flavors sometimes to like green grapes or raisins um, in kind of the different areas of the cigar. And then also like some some kind of like dark chocolatey kind of yeah. tastes as well too. So a lot of different mix. This it's is a real like down a to earth cigar, if you will. It is. So yeah. uh, anyway, so you have that going for it as far as flavor goes. Uh, the Vitola is a Toro Extra. So it's a little bit longer than just a regular Toro. It's just being a little extra. Yeah, it is. It's a little extra. Um, <laughs> the MSRP on this. Hit me with it. 11 to $12. Let's go for a Toro. Yeah, for a Toro. That's not bad. This is really good. This That's is really, bad. for New World, for a for a brand yeah. like New World yeah, to yeah. put out a $12 Toro, ladies and gentlemen, a Toro Extra. It's not just a Toro, it's a Toro no, Extra. It's extra. So um, all that to say... Um, this has a bunch of different kind of flavors in it. You're going to, I mean, there's a lot of different, I'm, I'm primarily reading some of the stuff I've smoked Mm -hmm. this before. The last time I smoked this was when it originally came out, I think last year. Yeah. So last fall winter timeframe, I Mm -hmm. smoked this and I do remember a lot of these flavors hitting as well too. I think I smoked in the Robusto. I didn't smoke it in the Toro yet because I usually smoke newer cigars in the Robusto. Yeah, um, but a lot of people are reviewing the Toro and liking the Toro, kind of like in the low nineties. Ooh, ratings. okay. There so we go. It's definitely there. So to end November, mm-hmm. New World for November, we're recommending the the New World Dorado Toro Extra. Okay, for you. There it is. And that ends November is for New World people. That's it. Nice. Go get it. Well, Jack, as always, well done, my friend. Bring in the fire. Bring in, bring in the excellence. <clears throat> really appreciate the reviews this month. All right, people. That is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. And you know what to do. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So we are here to talk about um, fun. All right, we're we're here to talk about fun, fun and what I mean by fun <laughs> is fundamentalism. All right, we're here to put the fun <laughs> in go. fundamentalism. All right, um, yeah. an ongoing issue within the church. All right, yeah. something that I have experienced very acutely, as as uh, you know, if I can use that word. 
something that is is I would say always present. It's an always present issue and always something that we should be very careful of as Christians when engaging with our brothers and sisters is how we engage with each other in regards to our different consciences, right? Now, the conscience should be obviously informed by the word of God, all right? Just like that you know, tried and true quote from Martin Luther, my conscience is captive to the word of God, right? As should all of ours be. Our consciences should be rooted within the truths of Scripture, meaning that, you know, the things that uh, our consciences are for, Scripture should be for. And the things that our consciences are against, Scripture should be against. Now, it gets tricky when you begin to get into the areas of what, what we call conscience issues, which means simply put, issues that do not have a clear right or wrong displayed in Scripture, okay? So some of these, um, you know, just just examples off the top of my head, uh, how you should dress when going to the Lord's Day service, okay? Yeah. You have such a wide spectrum of beliefs and convictions on that matter, Right. You have, you know, on on, on one end, I would say the more conservative end, uh, you hear things like you bring your best to the Lord's Day. And if you're showing up in anything less than a three piece suit with that tie, (laughs) you know, all the way up to the Adam's apple. Right. uh, Then you are you are not bringing your best to the Lord's to the Lord's Day. And it's dishonoring. Right. Yeah. That's that 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 side. And then you have. I think the churches that are so far, you know, on the other side and they say, you know, come, you know, come as you are, you know, show up in whatever you want to wear. Um, you know, you got your oh flip flop just so long as it's not like, you know, inappropriate. But even sometimes even churches won't even say that. Right. So you have such and and that's just one example. There's so yeah. many others. Right. I mean, oh, you yeah. can get into the classic ones like, you know, cigar smoking. That's a big one. Yeah. Right. Uh, consumption <laughs> of alcohol. Right. Uh, what kind of music to listen to? What yeah. kind of movies to watch, um, you know, TV shows, you know, do we go see movies or do we not? You know, there's there's so many different areas uh, within this Christian life that are left up to conscience. Right. Yeah. And there's so many different convictions when it comes to these kind of things. So some things that, you know, I want to talk about is how do we deal with that? As Christians who are called to one body, one mm-hmm. one gathering, and to be unified together in our worship to the Lord, right? Because yeah. I think you'll have a lot of individuals, and I would, I mean, I'll show my cards right now, incorrectly believe that in order for the worship to be unified, that the consciences of the people need mm-hmm. to be unified in the in the non black and white issues, right? Yeah. Um. So, Jack, I want to throw it over to you first. As, as we're thinking of this this really big topic and how we are to interact with brothers and sisters that we may disagree with on when it comes to conscience issues. Um. What are some of your thoughts on on that on that particular thing before we get into maybe some specifics? Yeah, if y'all want to get into the nitty-gritty as far as, I think, a good place to start on Christian liberty and conscience 
you can go to the Second London Baptist Confession. Oh, here we go. And flip and flip over to I think it is <clears throat> paragraph twenty or chapter twenty-two. No, 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 chapter twenty-one. Excuse me. So you can read that, which has a lot of footnotes. Um, mine's in old English, so I'm not going to bore people with it necessarily. Um, but if you read chapter 21 of the second London Baptist confession, the 1689, mm-hmm. it is of Christian liberty and liberty of conscience. And it has a lot of footnotes in there and a yep. lot of references. So yeah. that if, if you want to dig in deep, that's where we would point you to first at least to start engaging on why that. don't i why don't i before you continue why don't i read chapter chapter or, or, or uh, why don't i read paragraph two because okay. I, I pulled it up right here and mine is in the 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 updated the updated okay. language okay all right so this is what it That's says good. chapter or, or, or it's it's chapter chapter oh man i'm tired chapter 21 paragraph two of the 1689 london baptist confession this is what it says it says god alone is lord of the conscience and has left it free from the doctrines and commandments of men, which are in anything contrary to his word or not contained in it, so that to believe such doctrines or obey such commands out of conscience is to betray true liberty of conscience, and that and the requiring of an implicit faith and absolute and blind obedience is to destroy liberty of conscience and reason also. I love that they put that last line in there. Not only conscience, yeah. but reason, <clears throat> logic, right? That you can't yeah. take these two things and see this thing does not equal this thing when I look at scripture and the person that will blind will bind the conscience will say, doesn't matter. Just do yeah. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very wise words from our particular Baptist forefathers there. Um, they are pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have cool names too. Oh, I mean, who's named Hercules Collins or Nehemiah Cox these days, dude. or Benjamin Keach? I mean, you're close. You're close with your with your you boy, know? dude. You're close. Like I would say that you're the name you like Theo Theophilus. Yeah, that is that's a pretty baller name. And yeah. I don't know any like all the kids these names. They're all named like Chase and you know. <laughs> Jeez. You know, you know, you know, Chad, Chad, and Kai. You know, you know, you know, Chris. I don't know, dude. Like they're they're all just they're all sorry these, to they're all, all the chases and chads. Yeah, all the sorry, all the chases and chads. Yeah, our bands, our bands, guys. I'm sure you're awesome. Uh, they're just the first. Look, my name is Josh. Okay, come on, yeah. let's let's be real. Yeah. Okay, I'm, yeah, I let's. I have the most youth group name that exists. <laughs> my name is the epitome of '90s youth group. Okay, I I've been through this, but anyway, uh, yes, you're. You're on you're on the move with Theophilus. Let's just let's just be yeah. clear. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of wisdom in what they say. And then on top of it too, um, you know, this affects me as well too. I think you brought up your past, you know, and kind of how you were raised. We've we talked about this beforehand as well too, and just experiencing fundamentalism and and also nowadays in the modern and just how that kind of reveals itself in local churches sometimes, which could be really off-putting, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's vital for our time, too, because we talk a lot about law and gospel yeah. these days. There's a lot of talk about theonomy. There's a lot of talk about certain groups and Christian nationalism and stuff like this. And a lot of fundamentalism 
is <clears throat> to a certain demeanor kind of regulating uh, the conscience mm. of a person. Right. Um, and we would say, no, that goes back to why we had a reformation in the first place. Um, so a lot of what we read from the second line of Baptists reflects on what we believe too, as far as how we should worship, how we come to these certain conclusions in scripture, why should we come to them? Um, but I think it's just a, a danger, uh, as far as we talk about fundamentalism uh, to a certain degree, because uh, we don't get a robust, what I have seen, especially from my wife growing up in a very fundamentalist ethnic church in the Russian Baptist fundamentalist church Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and subsequent other uh, fundamentalist uh, churches like that is the message is not, the beauty of the gospel. Right. The message is, did you do this? Did you do that? If you haven't done this, you're going to hell. Right. Straight up. Yeah. There is no gospel. There mm-hmm. is no under, there is no reveling of the word and what the word um, basically shows you in the story of God in scripture mm-hmm. and the story and work of redemption and the history of redemption that you see in scripture that kind of, I would say makes the Bible come alive. Yeah. When you see these things, fundamentalism doesn't do that. Fundamentalism mm-hmm. turns things into not so much of a of a joyful heart looking at scripture, but more of a of a ball and chain on you. Right. Saying if you don't do this, like you need to be better. Well, so it, be it, reinst- better. <laughs> it reinstates the law as the means of righteousness for the Christian yeah. is what it does. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of, I mean, and that's, and that's a lot of what she went through growing up. So sure. she's, she's trying to kind of deprogram that, so to say, by looking at these meta narratives you see in the text to understand scripture better, to, to make it come alive and understand it more. Because a lot of what she was taught growing up is just a sermon like and un- and basically taking the understanding of the text mm-hmm. and injecting it with moralism. Right. There is right. no real exegesis that's going on in understanding the Bible and understanding who God is. Yeah. It's more like let's just inject this with moralism and this text really means this because if you don't do this, mm-hmm. then this is what will happen to you. Mm-hmm. Um we're in the book of Acts right now in my local church and you could make an argument. I'm sure fundamentalists have done this. If you don't tithe, you will die like Ananias and Sapphira did. Yeah. And that is completely not what the text is saying there. Like you have to look within the broader view of the end of chapter four of Joseph, AKA Barnabas. Yeah. Bringing forth what to the apostles and the fact that it was very, he was a very much a cultural Jew of his time because he owned land and he was a Levite. You don't do that if you're a Levite. Right. And how the gospel actually changes you to be more conformed to Christ instead of your cultural identity or your ethnic identity or your religious identity. So there's way more understanding of it than just if you don't tithe, you're going to die. Right. 
But usually that's what comes across. There is a moralistic viewpoint to scripture. It isn't so much giving you understanding of who God is. It is trying to basically bind you into, if you don't do this, then you will not, Mm -hmm. you know, this is this typical thing that we see in American kind of evangelicalism, so to say, is is Christianity and knowing Jesus is all about heaven or hell. Are you going to heaven? Are you going to hell? Mm -hmm. And we, I think, in the particular Baptist and Reformed traditions would say, no, it's more about how you know God and how your understanding of him is growing more because once you know God, that is your reward. Like you are receiving eternal life already. It isn't so much the heaven and hell dynamic. It's more of the, you are being changed and transformed by the renewing of your mind and the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. because you have been given God. Right. Right. You've been given this gift. Yeah. Versus I just want to be here. So I will do by any means necessary to get to here, Mm -hmm. which I feel like fundamentalism does, which is, is not, I would say the Christian life. Yeah. It's just being moralistic. Right. following law yeah and that's it yeah so well it's attempting to answer it's attempting to continue r- with righteousness or sanctification through the means of the law and not through the means of the grace that is supplied by Christ right and and here's here here's the important thing to uh, to remember whenever we attempt to bind the conscience of another christian right by <clears throat> means of calling into question their, you know, their, their convictions on a certain thing, you know, and again, these are like, like all of the things that we're speaking of here are black are, are non-black and white issues, right? There's yeah. obvious sin in scripture, right? And if somebody yeah. is an obvious sin and is obviously, you know, uh, out of step with the standards that scripture has given, that needs to be, that needs to be called out. Absolutely. Right. That's not what we're talking about here. Right. If scripture does not call it sin, if you cannot go to the word of God, which is our authority, right? Sola scriptura, scripture alone is the final authority, right? Yeah. If you cannot go to scripture and find that scripture verse, that passage, that chapter and verse that tells me this activity, uh, this, you know, me engaging in this thing is sin, then it falls into the realm of conscience. Now, when it falls into the realm of conscience, we have to be very, very careful as Christians to not hold our conscience above the consciences of our brothers and sisters. Because when we do that, we create our own authority. And we make ourselves the standard and not Scripture. Because what we're saying at that point is that my interpretation of this my interpretation of this verse, my personal interpretation of this concept or, you know, this this precept in Scripture is the correct and infallible interpretation, and all other interpretations need to fall under mine. And when you, yeah. and like any any Christian worth their salt is going to understand the problem with that mentality, right? Yeah. Now, we, you might not say those words out, out loud. At least I hope not, right? But any time yeah. you treat a brother or sister differently because they have a different application 
when it comes to their conscience of that particular thing. Anytime you start to treat them differently in a negative way, you are placing yourself as the barometer of what is sin and what is not, and not allowing Scripture and the Holy Spirit to be that barometer, right? And it's very easy to fall into, especially on hot topic issues. Again, we already mentioned some of them, movies, music, smoking, alcohol, like how do we dress for church? How do I engage on the Lord's Day? Can I go to the grocery store on the Lord's Day? Could I go watch football on the Lord's Day? Could I play around a golf on the Lord's Day? Or do I have could to? I, yeah. Could I wear a baseball cap inside a church? Dude, that's okay. No that, that's happened. Well, no, no, that literally happened. Like it was... <laughs> That was that was me at a church down uh, down in uh, down in Nevada. You know, um, we've we've talked about it on the pod. Go, go listen to the last episode that Daniel was on the podcast, and uh, you'll hear that story. Um, but dude, like it is, there are so many of these issues, yeah. right? And often these issues are packed with emotion. You know, yeah. especially maybe some of the more hot topic ones like alcohol and smoking or, you know, you know, things like that, because uh, uh, often people are bringing to the table not only their convictions, but their convictions that have been formed. Uh, I would say, you know, you know, hopefully. Right. Again, hopefully, ultimately through scripture, but also what I often find is experience. And it's yep. and it's negative experience. You know, yep. my dad was an alcoholic, so I don't partake in alcohol. It's like, OK, I, yep. I completely understand that. And I will support you in that conviction. Well, I don't think anybody, any Christian should drink alcohol because, you know, it's it has the appearance of worldliness. And, you know, the Bible tells us not to get drunk. So let's not even know that it's like, oh, OK, hold on now. Hold on. We're starting to overstep our bounds. Right. Personal convictions. If rooted in scripture. I would say they have to be rooted in scripture. Uh, I can support and I can come alongside and support you in that. If your conscience forbids you from drinking alcohol or smoking a cigar or watching certain films or listening to certain music, okay, I have two things, you know, as a pastor that I, that I, that I, that I go to. The first one is, is this conviction rooted in scripture and not uh you know some attempt to earn righteousness in some way yeah right and if it is rooted in scripture the second like my second move is all right i'm going to support this individual in it we might still have conversations because i want to know where this person's at i want to shepherd this person i want to help this person right right but the second that that individual begins to take their conviction mm-hmm. and apply it to Christianity as a whole or begin to apply yeah. it to their brothers and sisters, that's when we start to have an issue, okay? Because it is not their job to dictate the conscience of the believer. Mm-hmm. That is the Holy Spirit's job, and it uses yeah. Scripture to do it. Right? Yeah, we can go back to the... I think the the text that kind of frames this really well is basically what Paul describes in Galatians mm. and what we see happening in the church of Galatia yeah. with the Judaizers coming and trying to bind the conscience of Gentiles, not so mm-hmm. much Jewish people, but Gentiles uh, more than ever, because if you don't do this, you're not really complete. Yeah. You're not really a Christian if you're Jewish first. 
Right. You know, like stuff like that, that kind of mentality. And, and I guess like even Jesus himself said, this is the yeast of the Pharisees really, Mm. you know, like that kind of mentality is the yeast of the Pharisees. Um, because, uh, you know, I may do it, but then I may supersede that because I'm the author of my own kind of, you know, being. Sure, sure. And you're really just playing God at that moment. You're not really you trying to be obedient. You're just playing God at that moment. And mm-hmm. you're picking and choosing what yeah. you want to follow versus, I think Jesus is smart when he does this, when he says, does the law really say this? Or he asks a question when a question is asked to him. Mm-hmm. Because he's really questioning the motivations behind what he's being asked. Um, And so sometimes you really have to ask that, too, of people who are in deep. And, you know, I had this happen at my son's dedication where we had a family member on my wife's side. Um, We were meeting in a middle school. He decided to not sit in that, that most of the child dedication service. Um, question the idea of us like even dedicating our kid, um, question the whole music genre, <laughs> like, listen, sure, sure. Okay. If you are from a certain country and don't understand mm-hmm. and just say, Hey, I really don't understand this. I just, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of going to set this one out. That is a very different response to saying none of this feels Christian. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> because you come from very hardcore fundamentalism, to sure, be quite honest. Sure, yeah. Um, so there's a there's a very there's a distinct dividing line there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we still have other people who speak different languages that come to different services <laughs> when we have them, and we never yeah. have had that kind of response. But it really comes from a response that happened when you grew up in a certain area and totalitarianism comes in and you're forced to do stuff and your cultural Christianity, that is what you know Christianity to be. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that isn't the the breadth and width and depth of the faith. Yeah, That's a response to totalitarianism that you tried to continue your faith in a certain way. That's not really just the answer to everything is just do it this way or you're right. not the real church, which I think that's that's more likely what's going on in fundamentalism in the United States right now. Well, we had to do this in response to this, because if we didn't, somehow we would get corrupted. Yeah. Or. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's that. And I think I think I think it's also a lack of understanding of the law gospel distinction sure. and what the law is for and what the gospel is for, right? And I think we have too many Christians utilizing the law, the Old Testament law, in the way that it should not be utilized. And they are utilizing the law as their means of righteousness, maybe even without realizing it, instead of understanding the purpose of the law. And the purpose of the law is to condemn. It is to reveal, and it is to show how inadequate we are in keeping it. And how our greatest efforts, the greatest efforts that we can bring, the best days that we have, the purest motives that we can conjure are filthy rags in the eyes of holiness. That's what the law does. It exposes how wretched you are. Okay. Not only that, but if you really look at Leviticus, Mm -hmm. the law should be pointing you, the symbols 
every type of law that it's describing should mm-hmm. be pointing you back to what Jesus is fulfilling in the Gospels. That's the point. That's the point. That's the point. Yep. Fundamental and 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 here's the thing. Look, fundamentalism says do or die. The gospel says done. Now live. Okay, this is the difference. And we need to understand this as Christians, especially when it comes to understanding the conscience. And how do we deal with brothers and sisters that have different consciences than we do, right? Going back to some of those references, right? James 4.12. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Romans 14.4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Okay? The Lord alone is the Lord of the conscience. God in heaven is the Lord of the conscience. All right? And we need to be very careful as Christians that we are not viewing our works, our abstaining from certain things, as evidence of our righteousness. The only evidence of your righteousness that you should point to is the work of Jesus Christ done on your behalf on the cross. If anybody asks you for proof of your sanctification, for proof of your righteousness, for proof of your justification, and you point to anything of you, you show me you do not understand the gospel and you do not understand what it is that has saved you and sustains you in the first place. And that's the problem with fundamentalism, is it takes the works of the law, it takes our ability to follow the law, our ability to remain righteous, our our ability to abstain from things, and it converts that into a counterfeit currency of righteousness that we so easily trust in. But at the end of the day, when we try to cash those that currency in, it will sh- them Chuck E. Cheese it, it, dude. It's gonna be like just you be, get nothing. It's, you're gonna get nothing. It's like trying to cash in Chuck E. Cheese tokens for real money. <laughs> it's not gonna work because that's not the point. That's yeah. not the point of the law. That's not yeah. the point of why you strive and why you work and why we why we why we seek to have consciences that are formed to the word of God, okay? You abstaining from alcohol does not make you righteous. You abstaining from cigar smoking does not make you righteous. You drinking alcohol does not mean that you understand the freedom that you have in Christ. You smoking cigars does not mean that you understand that. The only thing that we as Christians should be pointing to when it comes to our righteousness, when it comes to our sanctification, is the man on the tree who died and was buried and rose again in victory three days later. It's Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of the conscience. Mm -hmm. So my friends, as you interact with one another on a daily basis, whether it be family, whether it be friends, whether it be those in your local church, do so in that understanding that you have all been bought and paid for by the same blood and that you may go about your lives differently. You may interact with different cultural elements differently. 
Some of you might have more of a strict conscience when it comes to certain things. Some of you might have more of a liberal conscience when it comes to certain things. And my friends, if Scripture is our authority, and we are going back to the gospel, Mm -hmm. live at peace. Live in unity. Because there is such a beautiful picture, Jack, of different people with different backgrounds, different consciences, different convictions, worshiping and living together in unity under the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is such a beautiful picture. And when we try to restrict that and make everyone the same, you know, for for the older people in our generation, that old Christian 80s song by, by Steve Taylor, I want to be a clone. Right. And want everyone like me. I want to be a clone. Right. That's what that's about. When we try to restrict the consciences of everyone and make everyone like us, we forget what it is that makes the church so beautiful. Yeah. And that is all these different people coming together and having unity because we understand what unifies us. It's not our actions. It's not our consciences. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it just goes back to of what Acts shows us as what the early church was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, look yep. look at the beginning of the formation of the early church yeah. at Pentecost. Yeah. You had so many probably different belief systems and different convictions mm-hmm. in the di- the diaspora of Judaism coming to Jerusalem on the Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these people coming to Jesus. Friends, let's be honest about this. They did not <laughs> they did not conform to the type of doctrinal understanding that we have today in like a week or two. That's just not possible. Right. What is possible is the basic things that they were doing. Right. Which was they were they were gathering together. Mm-hmm. They were sitting at the apostles' feet and hearing mm-hmm. from the word of God mm-hmm. and understanding the text of scripture, mm-hmm. and they were loving one another yeah. as one should do. Yep. And at the end of the day, if that's all you can do, then then by golly, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It is not so much. And I mean, it goes, it goes on and on, right? So, like I said too, you have Joseph, who is a Levite. Owning property, that's unheard of, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest. Levites don't own property, so I don't know how that happened. (laughs) But then he takes that to the apostle. He sells that land, takes it to the apostle's feet, and now he is called Barnabas, son of encouragement. Yeah. I think that's where scripture is trying to show us something, that we need to be more sons and daughters of encouragement than these people like the Pharisees who just, all I want to do is lord over people. And the kind of despicable and insidiousness of the Pharisees too is just, you're cohorting with the Romans <laughs> because you want power. That's happening right. a lot in America. People are cohorting with certain people because they want power. Right. And that's it. Yeah. They don't actually want to live a quiet life and to follow God and to love him and to love their local church. They want different ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to ask yourself, what do you want? Do you want 
all like ulterior motives? Do you want to cohort with other things in order to get power over people? Or do you want to actually follow the standard of what the Bible is showing us mm-hmm. in building a new humanity in the person and work of Jesus Christ? Yeah. 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 That's exactly so. it, man. Like that's, that's the unity that we are to have. And when we have that at the forefront of our minds, fundamentalism and things like that are, are stripped away. Right. And that's that's the point. And we should all be taking inventory of things that we are holding above Scripture. Right. Because there are many things that can breed uh, disunity within the church and spread disunity like wildfire through the church and people dictating each other's consciences is one of those things it will rip through a church so fast and we have to apply the gospel to it, right? Have unity in the essentials, have unity in who Christ is and what he has done, have unity in what scripture says is right and what is wrong and where scripture is silent, have grace. And if we can do that as Christians, it will be a merrier world. All right. So, Jack, Big Eva, Big Eva. Has I sung, think she's so. sung. <laughs> think Big, Big Eva, Eva has sung. <laughs> yeah, why don't you get us out of here, my man? And we're gonna go re- uh, record some pod luckage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you wanna join us in the rebellion against fundamentalism, <laughs> the join the rebellion. <laughs> you're on the reformatory. It's I not a kid. trap. I kid. Uh, if you appreciate Josh and I's attempt at making the local church central into a believer's life, you can follow us on different platforms and ask us questions. Questions. Direct message us about mm-hmm. various different things. Whether you want a episode idea to That's be right. pitched, That's right. some mailbag. We mail would like to have bag. a mailbag episode one of these days. I think we'll have a mailbag near the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yep. shoot us some shoot us some messages on whether it's the Facebook, the Metaverse, the Instagram, as well with Chocolate Marshmallow, or the sociable formerly known as Twitter X. You can head us up on all those platforms at Reformatory Pod. Mm-hmm. Drop us some messages, some uh, different episode ideas, some mailbag, if you will. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might support us further in this endeavor we have here. All right, people, that's what we got. All right, there are multiple ways. If you are on Apple or Spotify, which is, let's be real, all of you, everyone listening is probably (laughs) going to be on either Apple or Spotify. Those are the big dogs. They are. All right, so I know some of you might be on your... You know, you're you're like overcast, or you know, you know, talk box, or you know, what, whatever, whatever they are. Uh, but most of y'all are on Spotify. Most of y'all are on Apple. We would ask that you give us a little like, a little rating. All right, I would really appreciate it. We would appreciate. It. it helps the podcast get out to more people. If you just scroll down, give us a little five stars for five souls. It really help. Uh, we have a YouTube, so you can head on over to YouTube and you can watch as well as listen. To the dumpster fire that is the reformatory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last but not least, if you want to throw some dollar dollar bills into the dumpster fire, we have a Patreon, just like every other podcast does. But ours is awesome. Okay, so for five dollars a month, the five dollar holla, you have access to everything. You have, as some would say, all access to the podluck, bonus episodes, 
exclusive access to Jack and I, pictures, fun stuff. We have a chat. We have a chat now in the uh, in the in in the Patreon app. There's a chat. It's 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 pretty uh, it's pretty it's pretty fun. So for a five dollar holla, you two could become a Patreon supporter. And our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed, 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 hallowed through the halls of the podcast. That is our pledge to you as churchmen. You can take that to the bank. That is not funny money. That is not Chuck E. Cheese tokens. That's real stuff. This is true. This it is, is true. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory. <laughs>